Uh, I I feel the need to point out that the Bills didn't move away from Frank Reich in a certain AFC playoff game versus the Oilers early. Maybe someone should let uh, Mr. Comeback finish here. But another one bites the dust. Who's next? Who's hot? Who's not? This is the push-off. Hey everybody, welcome to the new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host Scott Hogan and joining us as always, it's Dan Kim Kardashian, right, because she got cum on her back. (laughs) Nice joke, nice, nice. It's, I love that Parks and Rec, I love it. Yes, the little uh, outtake that. It's still brilliant, but anyways, Dan, we are t- yeah. Um, I'm leading off with the uh, the somber news that Frank Reich gets uh, let, gets fired this week. Uh, yeah, somber Carolina. in the way that like you know, being asked to no longer do your job that you're paid millions of dollars for is but somber. still get paid right? right? Oh yeah, he's probably, yeah he's contract loaded. still goes through. That's true. So, uh, but another one, another one goes down. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, no, we don't relish talking about uh, people no. losing their jobs, but that's where we start this week. Um, after Josh McDaniels for the Raiders got fired a couple weeks back, it's Frank Reich now for the Carolina Panthers. Um, after the loss that they had to the Titans in Tennessee, uh, was it say that David Tepper left the the uh, the owner left the uh, uh, um, locker room, wherever yeah. he was, and gave a quote to the to the to the um, press that was just one word, and that word was fuck. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy, right? David Tepper had Matt Rule. Now Matt Rule, we knew two seasons in, we're like, ooh, this is a fucking disaster. Like this guy does not have the temperament to be an NFL head coach. Matt Rule, who he brought in, yeah, over Ron Rivera. We talked about that, and yeah, Frank Reich. Say what you will, right? Had had been a fine head coach, been a fine head coach, not a great one, not a guy that you're like, oh, this guy's going to rebuild the franchise. I don't think it needed to be a retread this quickly after leaving the Colts. I also feel like Frank Reich didn't do the requisite shit he needed to do, like take a year off, go back to being a coordinator. Like you need to take a step back to take a step forward sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. become a better head coach. He basically took the same shit that he was doing at the Colts, and brought it to a team that was completely different, completely different culture, and it almost felt like he was trying to continue what he was doing with the Colts on a completely different team, and just never gelled. The defense didn't gel, the offense never made any fucking sense, you got a rookie QB just getting manhandled back there, and you traded away assets to get this kid, and you've got to choose a guy like Frank Reich to tutor him, to move him along. If you don't think Frank Reich was the guy, you got to know that shit early on. Like I would, I would have actually been more okay if Frank Reich had been fired in like fucking June. You know, if you fire Frank Reich in June, you're like, this Wait. is not, this is not fucking working. Eleven games this in, like, he hasn't even had a full season. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, you mean June next next June? Uh, yeah, if you're like, hey, <laughs> we got <laughs> like, wait, how can it be fired? Yeah, last I want June? you. I want you, you to been hire hired. this motherfucker in in <laughs> March and fire him in June. But I'm saying like. If you go through your what next off-season, yeah, yeah, really aggressive, David Tepper. Uh, there it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if you go through your entire off-season program, right, and you go, listen, he's just not getting it. Bryce Young needs a new voice. I can actually see firing him in the off-season. Firing him 11 games in basically just says, I'm going to be really inconsistent as an yeah. owner about who I'm bringing in. Uh, David Tepper's quote is like, I do have patience. At no point in any part of David Tepper's career has he ever had patience. No. And suddenly he's going to uh, just miraculously have the patience to be an NFL owner. Like, you've got to do a better job of letting a guy build the culture without meddling in it. It feels like a guy like Bryce Young is a David Tepper pick. And we don't know. We won't find out until later who actually made the decision. But it didn't feel like it was Frank Reich's call. It felt like there was a trade-up. There was all the stuff. That, there's a lot of th- rumors and things bubbling to the top. There's this talk about this three-way trade the Bears were having with the Texans and the Panthers, and the whole idea was that the uh, Panthers would end up with the second overall pick. And I think this was the Texans' way of making sure that they weren't dropped out of their choice for quarterback or whatever. And we come to find out that the pan- the Texans on the back end had made some deal with the Cardinals to go back up for that third pick, so they backed out of it. So the that's Panthers hilarious. had to make the move for the first pick with the Bears. This is stuff that started to come up after the fact. I can't, I don't have a guarantee on this, but this is some rumor that's come up. So the Panthers were stuck with the, stuck. The Panthers made the move for the first overall pick so they could get a quarterback. And the the consensus at the time was to take Bryce Young for number one and they are making an argument now I think Tepper at least in the Panthers organization that even if the Texans had the first overall pick they would have took Bryce Young and et cetera, et cetera. and Texans can say all day that that's not the case you know <sighs> given how good Stroud's been playing I'm positive Nick Casario listens to our podcast that's all I'm <laughs> going to say is if, if Tepper and Frank Reich had taken the time to listen to our podcast and our analysis of the quarterbacks very high on Stroud, very low on Bryce Young. We rated yeah. him a late first round talent with basically no fucking upside. Like this is the best you're getting right now. Does not have the athletic ability. We could rehash it. You could go back and listen to the episode. I didn't understand the Kings ransom being given up for a guy like Bryce Young who doesn't have right even Josh Allen level potential. Where he's six foot six, runs like a fucking deer. This was going to be at best a guy who was a capable top 12 quarterback and you yeah. gave up everything to go get him that doesn't feel like a frank reich move although I know. frank and reich did frank trade reich a first round pick for carson wentz for carson wentz and the carson wentz stuff but i you know even him bringing him in seemed like something that was a foregone conclusion i question frank reich's uh, um career decisions like you said, the, the making the move real quick and going to another head coaching position doesn't look good. How about where he's choosing the bosses he's choosing to work for? Talking about he got fired early from the man who is saying that he is uh, unfairly prejudiced as a billionaire Was that white this man. week. Didn't that just come out? I've, yeah. Oh, God. I, this well, I don't week. know. The It's 60 Minutes thing or whatever. I forget when it's come oh. out. I don't know if 60 Minutes. Lunatic. Whatever it came out it, this crazy. week, last week. Yeah. 
and the interview thing. I just saw that clip online. And then um, now he goes to work for Tepper, who's the same thing, like a rich white billionaire, crazy man who's got his hand too much all over this team and into the pie and everything. So, yeah, I think Frank Reich needs to, if he's going to take another coaching position and maybe head coach, that's what we've learned here is that, listen, if you want to be a head coach, we know it's a sexy position, but you better choose your uh, your bedfellow wisely because um, Josh McDaniels can tell you too. These <laughs> these whole white guys with money, like they got money to burn. They can go get another guy yeah. anytime they want. They don't care. $9 million a year for four years, not they that fickle. big of a deal. They're very fickle. Doesn't even fuck with the salary cap. The $9 million to a guy like Tepper is nothing. I... I look at guys like this. I look at guys like Tepper, and you look at, like, stable franchises, right? What do stable franchises do? How many... Can you name four Steelers head coaches? Right. Can you? No, you're right. There's those <laughs> franchise. Yeah, Green Bay, who's yeah. all of a sudden find themselves maybe in a playoff thing. Yeah, stable franchises can do that. Yeah. Stable, you know, you go, hey, I know what I'm getting week to week. Now, obviously, you have a guy like Josh McDaniels needed to get fired. You have a guy like... Um, can't you know, Matt Frank Canada Rikers last week we talked about how they never have done that they're like yeah. uh, it absolutely needs to happen so you're right there's a time where you have to get rid of a guy midseason it it never felt like the Panthers quit on Frank Reich you know it felt like they just didn't know what the fuck was going on now you can say that disorganization and poor training comes never from the out top of the gate <laughs> yeah but but this is a team that we knew last year going into the draft did not have a lot of talent anywhere yeah. but on the defensive side and then a series of defensive injuries and they didn't expect the offense to really be popping this year you know who's their you know fucking miles shipped sanders. off dj moore to get the quarterback yeah ship out dj moore you got miles sanders who did not do anything you got chuba hubbard and you got a fucking rookie quarterback what did you think frank reich was gonna do do you think he was gonna spin gold from straw do you think he was gonna rumple stiltskin this motherfucker like He's gonna find a way to make adam Thielen catch you know, 2,000 yards. I, I mean, know. he he did the thing you can do for a young quarterback, which is like, go get me a veteran wide receiver that's not going to be a fucking idiot that's going to be on the same page with the guy. It didn't feel like it was moving the needle. I will grant you that with Frank Reich. But it also didn't feel like he needed to get fired in fucking 11 games. It, stuff like this, somebody's going to take the head coaching job in Carolina. There's no way it stays vacant. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't think this is the hot uh, fucking position to be. You know, you're right. coming in now as the next year's head coach. You go, hey, you don't have a first round draft. You don't have a first round draft pick. You have a quarterback who basically got David Card all year. Uh, good luck. Good luck with this shit. And uh, by the way, Brian Burns probably won't be here either. So, who wants to be a Panthers coach? I guess right. is my question. Yeah, and Tepper's like, my next guy will be here for 20, 30 years, whatever. Things like you're setting up in a position for him not to be ready for that. So, uh, also. I want to use this as a segue. We were kind of arguing it before we started on how many actual opening coaching positions there could be mm-hmm. after this season. So I want to kind of go down the list of hot seat from uh, sure. starting near the, the hottest to ones that are like, yeah, we got to talk about them now. Um, I think it's obvious to talk about Brandon Staley in L.A. now. Gone. The Chargers, Brandon Staley, right? Gone. Gone. Uh, gone. Washington's Ron Rivera. Uh, I feel like he's already gone. Right, already gone. These are guys that are like dead men walking on, on it already. Um, how about Mike Eberflus? I think safe, strangely. I okay. think safe. Uh, so I'm this not going to count second Mike year? Definitely, Yeah, he's in his second year. 
if the Bears, this was an embarrassing offensive game for the Bears, but he's not an offensive coach. So I think if anything happens, they're going to make him get a new offensive coordinator next year, keep him in charge of the defense, which has been really good over the past couple games. I think Eberflus keeps his job because they don't want to restart this thing. How about, uh, let's go to the, the, the NFC South, Todd Bowles there in Tampa. I think Todd Bowles has got the Buccaneers playing spunky. I think the NFL will not want another black head coach to get uh, fired for having like an average team. I'm a four and seven Buccaneers is not great, yeah. but their schedule's not terrible the rest of the season. They could wind up seven and nine, and they weren't supposed to do anything this year. I don't know. Todd Bowles always uh, always rub people wrong way and stuff, and uh, this is a bad year. So you date I think Todd it's Bowles, a good you way don't to marry him. Right, it's a good way to shake him if they're not in love with him. So How about the the uh, the the millionaire Arthur Smith in gone. Atlanta. Well, unless they gone, make the you're playoffs. About, yeah, he just yeah. I was gonna say he's got him at the top of the division right now. Yeah, unless they make the playoffs. So he's a tentative. I think they'd love to get they rid could, of him because that offense has been terrible, and he's supposed to be an offensive genius. Right? Could he be a one and done playoff guy? Like they win, they go to the playoffs, home game uh, in Atlanta, and lose. I, think I his job could still go in that scenario. I think it depends how badly they lose. <laughs> I yeah, think if they yeah. get if they get you know boat raced out of there, yeah, he's probably gone. What about uh, let's head to New York? What about Robert Sala, who became the guy uh, for him? Just uh, well, he he's having some issues here recently. I feel like Sala's in a similar situation with Eberflus, where there's no way they can retain the offensive coordinator. There's no way that quarterback room stays the same. I mean, even if you love Aaron Rodgers, like you got to do something. You cannot have Tim Boyle. Uh, as the backup there, you got to get somebody else in. So I think Robert Sala, again, is going to be forced to hire another offensive coordinator. Um, but I think his job is still safe. Like, you know, as, as, as the dust has settled on the Jets season, Aaron Rodgers is, uh, has, has, has strewn this, this team, especially offense. Oh yeah. Just apart. I mean, I, I get that they, you know, their, his injury and everything is is tough, and, and that's the one thing that you can point as awful. But let's talk about Alan Lazard getting a four-year contract with him and being a healthy scratch in that game because he was the friend of Aaron Rodgers. How many friends of Aaron Rodgers came along and got money from this deal? Yeah, I wish I had been come friendlier here. with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I wish. If you would have. Now, I had a reason to hate the man his whole career, but you really, I mean, there was some playoff games maybe in there, but otherwise, if you were nicer to him, maybe, yeah, he w- you would have still been on his payroll, but if here only. you are work, working for free, talking to me once a week. <laughs> what, have, what have I done? Aaron, take me back, or take me in the first place? Um, so, so, the, the, uh, the Friday night game, which I, again I put oh, in the awful. two minute no offense, or the Friday uh, Black Friday game, um, <laughs> the Robert Sala commercial. Did you see it? Oh, it's weird. He's brushing his teeth. It's, it's like we need to possible focus on the time. Fucking, focus on the fucking game, Robert. Stop <laughs> brushing your fucking teeth. <laughs> it was right idiot. there at halftime. The, that play. Oh my god. And we'll talk about all that. Um, okay, the other New York Brian Dable. Uh safe, safe. I think. If anything, you're looking at the GM being like, you gave Daniel Jones how much fucking money? So this week, though, the rumor is coming out that uh, the coaching staff around Dable, that he chose, hates them. Like uh, Wink Martindale, defense coordinator, 
him and Dable not getting along, a lot of finger pointing. Uh, Dable doesn't call offense nor defense and screams at these guys a lot, apparently. And they're saying, like, even last year when the Giants were good, this was an issue. So it's it's this stuff that it's like rumors again that's sure. moving up. You can burn people out as like a fucking high anxiety head coach, but I also understand what he's fucking screaming about. Like this has been sure. some some bullshit. They also did just beat the New England Patriots with Tommy DeVito. So 10-7. Like, yeah, ten. <laughs> it wasn't a great it, game. By it was any a stretch. defensive, yeah, uh, lean. But yes, you're right. Yeah, they're yeah. they're on a they, Giants are on a win streak. They're limping. Uh, they're limping into it. So you know. Yeah, I think if they had gone winless, if they had gone maybe one win, Brian Dable has to worry about it. But he was a coach of the year last year. You know, yeah. I think he gets to at least, you know, finish his third year, or at least midway through the third year. And then finally, uh, a couple more just to surprise ones that we got to talk about. The uh, the guru himself in New England, Brian Belichick. Bill Belichick? Oh, my God, I said Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian Bill Bill Belichick. Um, what is this? Is this? I think his son's name is Brian. Is that true? I'm thinking of uh, no. There was Brian Billick. Yeah, Brian Billick. Uh, yes, Bill Billick too. Um, Bill Billick. So yeah, Brian Billick is actually his son's name. So oh, there is a Brian okay. Billick that will probably also be fired. <laughs> so not probably also. Right. So you think Bill? Yeah. Uh, so I don't think he's mutual... going to be. He's not going to be fired. Okay. They will not suffer the indignity of firing Bill Billick. There is rumor that Bill Belichick might be traded, which could be right. very interesting. I can see a guy like David Tepper absolutely creaming his jeans at the chance mm. to get a Bill Belichick. And I can see Bill Belichick being like, uh, who's your fucking quarterback? All right, I'm about to eat his fucking lunch. Like, I don't think that's best for the development of Bryce Young, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I think I think Bill Belichick is not coming back next year as the head coach. Okay. As the head coach of New England, uh, you know, he's either going to get traded or he's going to resign and move into the, you know, upper echelon of, you know, obviously he's on the fucking Mount Rushmore of coaches. So yeah. I don't think they will suffer the indignity of firing him. It will just be a mutual parting of ways. Interesting. And then um, finally, Sean McDermott, Buffalo now. Probably safe, honestly. I mean, this has been a bad year and you can blame a lot of it on the regression of Josh Allen. Um, Interesting. Okay. And I think, if anything, it re, they retooled the offense. I mean, they already fired the offensive coordinator. They already fired Ken Dorsey. Um, the defense has not been great, but it's also been pretty badly injured. So I think he probably holds on, but I think he enters next season on the hot seat. That's a list of nine more of two that already got yeah. fired, I think. That covers the people who are uh, even uh, by chance. I think everybody else is pretty safe. Is there anybody I missed, Dan, comes to mind? I mean, I went down the list here. I think um, there's five definite firings at the yeah. end of the season. Um, D'Amico Ryans is safe. I mean, Tomlin's safe. D'Amico Ryans is safe. Yeah. Zach Taylor Ryan's might lose great. his job. Zach Taylor's in a tough situation. Dennis um, Allen, you know, at no point is anybody ever like, oh, God, I'm glad we got Dennis Allen as our head coach. Yeah. So there's a few guys so on the we'll, list. We'll I think keep... Stefanski's safe. And me too, yeah. Stefanski's turned it around where he could have been gone this year if things went bad. So we'll revisit this list. Uh, there's, what, five, six more weeks left of this yeah. season, so things could really crumble for a lot of other people <laughs> or things get better for these guys too. True. <clears throat> uh, I want to use that Sean McDermott thing to segue into 
game of the week. Oh. Uh, again, once again, the Buffalo Bills have a probably game of the season, and unfortunately, once again, they're on the uh, losing end of this one. Um, Eagles thirty-seven, Bills thirty-four. Overtime win. Uh, I picked this one because of uh, Dan's affinity for these Eagles. It was tough for me, Dan, because we knew how the the game went, and I wanted to be a heady in picks to not cheer for the Eagles here at the end. I just kind of took it as win-win. I was like. You know, the Eagles pull us out, then I am ahead of this. Bills win, then the Eagles lose, and that feels good too. So that's where I sat with this. But, whew. So Bills jumped up. I mean, 17 oh, yeah. 7 at the half. Josh Allen uh, over 300 yards and two touchdowns and ran to win. He did throw the one interception. Um, back and forth, a game where the Eagles needed to come off of the mat a little bit, a couple times actually, to come back on this one. And it didn't feel like they were going to took the uh end of regulation kick from was it 59 yeah 59 yards in the clutch in the fucking rain that is one of the more clutch fucking kicks i've ever seen in a regular season it was crazy and once he did that and the bills still got the ball in, in overtime it it was nuts to to see that that it came down to just Gabe Davis and and Josh Allen not being on the right page because otherwise it was game over. And Gabe instead, Davis had separation and he was on my yep. fantasy team. I still won for the week. Don't worry, everybody. Oof, snuck that through, Dan. Really but instead, did. It, it leads to you know Jalen Hurts just running in another touchdown, which is what they were trying to do late late in that game too, but didn't work out. So. A back-and-forth game. If you didn't get a chance to do it, I'm sure the NFL put it on YouTube and stuff like that. Go watch it. Go watch it. It was awesome. I, this is exactly what we fucking talked about with these Eagles, right? Always just so fucking tantalizingly close. Like mm-hmm. the fucking apple of Tantalus. I can fucking feel they're ready. It's true. It's the apple of yeah. Tantalus. I think we have an episode title finally. It's this fucking guy. Jalen Hurts will not die. Will not die. And some now recently there's been a... Uh, uh, an old interview he gave when he was getting drafted was like, how much, how yeah. many times have you lost? Uh, and he goes four times. And he goes, you know, the NFL is not going to be like that. And he goes, we'll see. And since then he has only lost four games as a starter in the regular season. Jesus Christ. Um, no kidding. Yeah. This Eagles team is built. So we talk about this all the time. I fucking hate it. They're built so well. They're built so well. The defense is really good. Ferocious. Jordan Davis, uh, with a shoestring tackle on Josh Allen, the fucking giant bastard, just and I mean he knocked himself unconscious. He was running so fast. Didn't but, he... Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, Davis. Yeah. But that's the sort of effort you're looking for on this defense. It's really good. The Eagles team. God, I hate it. The fact that this was in Philadelphia felt like the difference at the end. I don't know if yes. I don't know if he's making that rain. kick in Buffalo in the rain. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, you feel for the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. There's all the talent in the world, and it. And it's not like they played a bad game. You know, it's just, nope. it's a game of inches. You miss that Gabe Davis. If that Gabe Davis pass gets received, the game is over. Buffalo walks off, has a great game, still probably game of the week. But you cannot give the Eagles an opportunity to get back into it because they will claw and fight and scratch and do it. I fucking hate it. I hate the respect <laughs> I have for these Eagles. God damn it. Uh, T- Tyler Bass, two, two for four field goals. They got oh, one yeah. blocked. I mean, yeah, it was all that stuff by the defensive on. rookie of the fucking year that they never yes. should have been able to draft. Yes. Um, there were times in this where the Eagles' offense looked pedestrian, and it took like Devonta Smith just to appear out of nowhere when the pocket's collapsing to to convert stuff and things like that. And 
Uh, the Bills were actually moving the ball with James Cook and Latavius Murray on the ground when they needed to, and things like that were working. But when the Eagles needed to turn it on, when they needed to catch up, when they needed the last few points, they found themselves in the position to do it. It was nuts. And um, we another reason to start this is where they're heading next week, but we'll get there. Um, this leaves the Bills uh, at a perilous 6-6, six and six, mm-hmm. and the AFC... That's almost uh, the the T word, Dan, as we can say uh, on our podcast. Um, I don't think it's case for that form yet, but uh, it, it's not such an easy stretch for them from here. And um, yeah, it's just going to be tough to to pull it out from here. They absolutely need this bye week very badly. Yeah, because you have a chance at the end of this bye week to rip off five winnable games. I include. I include a game against the Cowboys. That is a game they could win. They are talented enough to win that fucking game. If they have fewer than nine wins at the end of the season, I don't know if you make it in in the AFC. I think that's a real tough row to hoe. Yeah. Um, their final five games, when they get out of this bye week, they have to go to Kansas City out of the bye week. Right. Then they have the Cowboys. Then they go to the Chargers, and the Chargers are going to lose that game, but goddamn it, it's going to be close. <laughs> and then they have the Patriots, which they'll probably beat because right. they'll, they'll be facing the corpse that will not be blocked, uh, which is Mac Jones. And then Miami Dolphins at the end. So there's really, of those final games, there's two you got to win, mm-hmm. and there's maybe two or three more winnable ones, but goddamn, I mean, you got to come out of the gates. You got to beat Kansas City if you want to feel good moving into the off. If you want to feel good going into the playoffs, because There's I don't an know if ten wins going to do it. The Dolphins have some uh, divisional spot sewn up, and they don't need to play their starters for that yeah. last week. But that game is in Miami. It's not in Buffalo, yeah. uh, like the end of last season. So, yeah, very interested to see what happens here. That's why I brought up Sean McDermott because if the Bills don't make the playoffs, that is a big old. Uh, upset that is that is a disappointment of a, of a heck of a season. I mean, it's coming in uh, a, a big old disappointment for where you end up for Buffalo if you do not make the playoffs at all. But I think it tracks. I mean, you know, you can't expect <laughs> every season to be playoff, playoff, playoff. Like sometimes you just you got to retool. I think it might actually be good. They could get another you know <clears throat> offensive skill position player. They need another wide yeah. receiver. Because Gabe Davis yeah. should be a number three, not a number two. Diggs is getting getting up there in age, yeah, and insane. Um, He's also still insane. We got to talk next then about uh, perhaps the second best, or you know they'll they'll challenge they'll challenge these Eagles next week. 49ers beating up on the Seahawks. That's where I'm heading here. This is the this was the th- Thanksgiving uh, night game. So if you stayed up for it uh, through your uh, turkey coma. Um, I, I, I don't know why you would have after it was 24 to three 49ers at the half. This thing had, um, McCaffrey all over him, 139 total yards of scrimmage and two touchdowns in the 49ers defense, giving Geno Smith just an awful, awful Thanksgiving night. Um, yeah, I thought this was going to the two minute, no offense. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, here's the thing. It should, but it leads us to that 49ers Eagles game next week. So we're going to spend a moment on just how much the 49ers went into a primetime game in Seattle. The only real competition they have in that division this year. 
and beat the hell out of them. Yeah, they really beat the shit out of the Seahawks. Like it, this was maybe. I mean, I know Geno Smith was dealing with an injury. Um, yeah, you know, bad shoulder, all that. But like, you get a fresh shoulder; it doesn't really matter. Uh, Backup running back. Yeah, I mean, they're they're hurt. The Seahawks are hurt. It it doesn't knock them out of the playoffs by any stretch, but it right. basically all but guarantees they are not going to be the division winner of the NFC West. You know, a, a win against these Niners at home. This is a wild division. You know, this is absolutely wild. This win here by the Niners, you go, okay, we don't really have to worry about the Seahawks. We just kind of need to take care of our own business. And you're still in the running for the top seed in the NFC. You know, you got to win against the Cowboys. If you get a win against the Eagles, when all things, you know, bandy out, if you're all tied, you got it. So San Francisco's still got a, a clear road to the number one seed. Um, how about that Jackson Smith and Jigba catch, though? That was fucking that was tasty. Snags those things out there. Oh, so um, yeah, so Seattle's got some, yeah, they got some future stuff, but uh, Geno Smith, I don't know if he's, we're going to find out, I think, with the rest of the season if he's in any future plans or not. If he turns oh, he it up and be. gets them, he has to be. Oh, how much that was contract? that extension? Oh, I mean, I know they gave him an extension, but th- there's got to be some wiggle room for a guy that that's old. It's, so, a bad, I mean, it's a bad deal. It's not like a Daniel Jones uh, lockdown, right? It's three <laughs> not nearly years. as bad. It's it's okay. not nearly as bad. So next year he counts thirty one million dollars against the cap. Mm. He's got a dead cap of seventeen million. Yeah. So he's yeah. probably going to hold on to him as a thirty four year old. At thirty five, I think he's probably looking at his replacement because he's got a, a cap hit of thirty three million and a dead cap of eight and a half. So. Okay. But I think he gets one more year. I this was this was not a disgusting contract that he signed. It was three years, seventy five million dollars. So you know, overall, pretty sensible, honestly. But uh, you know, good for Gino. That's life changing money, dude. That's fucking nice. Good for him. Uh, so the reason why we're talking about this Niners uh, domination in uh, Seattle is because it leads us to what is probably the matchup of the weekend, um, San Francisco. Going to Philly. This is the rematch of the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy is currently healthy. I mean, he was healthy heading into Philly. So hopefully, if he stays on his feet here for this one, <laughs> as the Niners are hoping, we finally see that rematch. Um, we have a difference in how we do the picks this week, as I will get to my choice here first. You saw I got that uh, that Eagles one over Dan that. That was the the linchpin as as the weekend fell. Um, the end of last week, I think, on the podcast, I said I, there was five games different. Technically, there was six, um, and it and it went uh, four to two. It was very still even again. So, I got a little edge over Dan. I this might be the first time this season. It is so far. It is. It's, I it's, never damn. should have taken the fucking Jets. God damn it, why did I do that? <laughs> I got burned by them quite a few times myself. So I'm it. It, we're here at 49ers Eagles. This is the first one to start with. So wild one here to start with. But I, um, I know I know you're picking first, but yes. you know you don't have to ask me who I'm picking. I guess game. that's true. I kinda know where you're going with it, but unfortunately, Dan, I I am also gonna go there. Um I'm gonna I, go 49ers on the road. I don't hate I that. think jump aboard up? the hate jump yeah. aboard the hate way. Well, and I do think the Niners Given how they've played since everybody's come healthy, uh, look like they have a whole lot less um, issues and a whole lot less uh, um, things that they can be attacked with. Which is weird talking this eight and three team versus ten and one team. But the Niners' losses were all comp- confined in that that streak 
when Debo was down, when Williams was down, when, you know, there was a uh, um, concussion issue with Purdy and things like that. So yeah. I'm saying they're healthy and I'm saying they're back to full force and, and I feel like they could they could prove it here and it has to be one of those highlighted games for them all season long. The Eagles have had to deal with the Chiefs and these Bills and a lot of tough teams here lately, so... Give me the nine. Give me the Niners on the road here, and I'm not. I'm not only just picking it to try to stay ahead of you, Dan, <laughs> because I knew you ain't gonna pick them. No, fuck no. Um, but I will say this: if the Eagles win this game, which is at home, they're a good yes. team. Yes. Uh, the race for the NFC number one seed is over. Um, Feels like uh, you guys got one more game against them, but but it won't matter. I mean, our yeah. our back end of the schedule is so tough. I mean, theirs is too, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, you basically have a, a two-and-a-half game lead um, with it's five nuts. It feels go. like they've been challenged by everybody at that point, too, and then it's only the commanders that have beat them. Is that yeah. right? <laughs> it's just a weird outlier division game. So Division game that you can forget about. Man, Eagles. So, hey, uh, all, all of us uh, Eagles haters out here that mm-hmm. have become haters of the past few seasons, San Francisco 49ers, you're our only hope. <laughs> do it do it let's, shanny let's move on let's go back to thanksgiving go all the way back all the way back to thursday morning where the packers shocked the lions yeah. in green bay uh 29 to 22 was the score neither of us picked it didn't see it coming um it was not that close honestly that's true too jordan love had a great game with three touchdowns uh dan's boy rashawn gary had himself one of those uh Look at me on primetime, or like you know, you know, in front of everybody, uh, all the eyes games. Jared Goff uh, started rough and and fought his way back though, three thirty two and two touchdowns. But a twenty to six Packers game at the half, they hung on and they and they beat these uh, Lions. Yeah, an elite, I would dare say, Rashawn Gary performance. Um, yeah, you gave him that elite status coming in there, and finally I mean, we he's see earned it out it. of him. Yeah. He's earned it, man. I I think there's there's no doubt that he's one of the top. You know, 15, he was 20 defensive players. Oh, he was everywhere. He's freaky, man. He's freaky. He's only 25 years old. Uh, you got to remember that. That's, you know, that sucks True. if you're playing Green Bay. Um, this helps the Packers so much more than it hurts the Lions. I mean, it hurts the Lions a little emotionally. Well, yeah. Um, did you see the thing about the fucking gibbous moon? Uh, yes. That's so yes. fucking weird that, like, they've never won on Thanksgiving with a with a waning gibbous. I mean, this is the Lions and the fans, and, and it sounds like just a yeah. shocked uh, What can the Cosmos do? Yes, yeah. But, I mean, they, they didn't, they came out kind of flat, honestly. It felt like mm-hmm. they just, they're like, oh, we're going to win this fucking game. And really, right out the gate, three straight fucking TDs. I mean... Obviously, they get a touchdown. It looks like it was going to be a fun trade back and forth. The Lions score pretty quickly. They score again. And then that Rashawn Gary uh, fumble recovery, that was just fucking awesome. Like, that was just such a good play. Jared Goff, somebody made a great point. that If you look at Jared Goff's stat line in this game, pretty good. If you watch the game Jared Goff played, played like shit. Yes. Played like absolute yeah. ass, putting the ball in I dangerous thought, positions. I thought he came back, and, and I that's why I think those stats are kind of yeah, added on at the end a little bit too. The second half for the Lions was better than the first half. God, that first quarter, you're right, was twenty to six at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Um it was because the the Lions defense has serious problems and when the offense gives the ball over, uh, then it's glaring. 
and that's what it was for this one. I don't think the Packers' offense is that good. I think they nope. they look good against a bad Lions defense that's going to get them into trouble late in the season. Yeah, the Lions for the Lions. It almost felt like the Lions were like, we're going to win this fucking game no matter what. And then the Packers came out, punched them in the mouth, and they could not recover. So, yeah, yeah it doesn't it, it doesn't doom the Lions by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, Eight no. and three is a fine record, and is probably going to win the NFC North. That's not going to be an issue. But this is a this is another let's it's, stop smelling our own farts sort of game for the Lions. It's two games in a row now where the Lions have looked very beatable at mm-hmm. home and uh, against two teams that they shouldn't look beatable against. But uh, divisional. They're divisional. Yeah. yeah. We're <laughs> we both chew it very quickly. But these are these are tapes that any of these teams could look up and, and look at. So, um, you know. But they the, can't hate the same I go back team. to these NFC. Like, so the NFC teams that they're going to play in the playoffs, besides the Niners and the Eagles, uh, well, you know what? The Lions will be okay. <laughs> They'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, because that's the NFC, man. Um, we'll, we'll get there, but... Um, yeah, that's wild. But uh, they win that one. I don't have another game set up right now because everybody played, and, and there's so many on bye weeks. So let's talk about another divisional matchup of the Falcons winning over the Saints. This is what Dan got Finally. over me. I want no clean sweep. Um, 15 to 24. Falcons take care of business and now find themselves at the top of the NFC South at 5 and 6. Carr <sighs> over 300 yards, but he turns it over. Kamara got going. Olave got going. Tyrion Matthew, the old honey badger with two interceptions in this game, but it didn't matter. The Falcons still win this one um, with those stats. Ritter one touchdown and two picks. I mean, you read these out, and I don't know how the Falcons did it, but they did. They ran B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson was used finally, mm-hmm. 123 total yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Falcons were up 14-9 to at the half. I think what it was was a lot of – Saints settling for field goals, and that's not how you win games. Falcons win it. Yeah, it really did feel like the red zone offense just couldn't do anything against this Falcons team. Um, and not for anything the Falcons were doing. Like, they just misfired um, down in the red zone almost every time. So when you run the ball, right, when you run the ball, it's almost like body blows. You know, you mm-hmm. get to the point where you just tire people out. But strangely enough, even with all those runs, New Orleans actually had the advantage in time of possession. New Orleans had the ball longer uh, than Atlanta. But if you watch, if you're watching that game live, you're like, no, no way. Atlanta's had this ball for like the whole fucking game. Um, but yeah, there were a couple possessions late in the fourth quarter where they just kind of drained the clock out. Um, yeah, I, this is the sort of game Atlanta absolutely fucking needed, and this is the sort of thing that maybe puts Dennis Allen in the crosshairs of a replaceable head coach. Uh, Derek Carr also okay. needs to be replaced, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Carr he's is not what the you answer. See. No, he's not. He, he's what you get, and he's everything. All that stuff. And the Saints are—it's nothing sexy happening there. But I think we are talking about that they are still in cap hell for a few yeah. more seasons. Um, Derek Carr didn't help them on that, by the way. Correct. That's, that's a lot yeah. of money to pay Derek Carr. So, uh, but yeah, you look at that. I mean, they they relied on Blake Groupe to get all of their their points in this game. So that's not how you win games, um, and that's not how you win the division. I thought the Saints could take uh, control of this one. Instead, we get the Falcons at five and six at the top of that NFC South, where somebody's gonna, you know, have a home game and uh, argue that that argument once again that maybe playoff uh, seating should just be changed to. 
to straight up, uh, you know, how uh, doesn't the NBA do it? Just straight up uh, conferences. Well, they do. I mean, it's it's funny to me because like the Carolina Panthers just this week were eliminated from the playoffs. That's how bad the NFC South. Oh, has been. I thought there was still a set up. No, I, I think thought heading into can. this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, with uh, I don't think they can <clears throat> just from the way, I, just from the way the rest of the season plays out. Well, I guess if you assume that nobody's going to tie. Okay, um, I think there's like a mathematically thing where the Panthers are mathematically eliminated with a loss, and then there's two other teams that are mathematically eliminated with like a five-way thing that needs to happen, and it's Patriots. And oh, maybe I'm, you know what I'm looking at it. They are not technically eliminated. <laughs> Holy shit! The Panthers <clears throat> are not technically eliminated. That's even Patriots worse. Patriots and Cardinals are the other ones. Yeah, that's yeah. even worse. That tells you how how actually fucking terrible this division is. That they're not very eliminated bad. yet. They're very. It's a very bad division. Um, all right. The uh, Saints are at home, and they've got the Detroit Lions coming. So, uh, yeah, Lions at Saints. I'm picking first. I'm going to keep forgetting that this episode. <laughs> it's um, been 11 weeks, Scott. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, uh, you know, we're here now as we expected to be. <laughs> I have the Lions. I have the Lions going into the Superdome where there shouldn't be any problem on a uh, probably high-scoring game. Maybe yeah. take the over. I don't even know what it is. But uh, <laughs> these are two teams that don't usually play a lot of defense. So I like the Lions to win it. Uh, take a take a chance here, Scott. Why don't you pick the Saints? <laughs> I'm also taking the Lions. I mean, they, like I said, the reason why I picked Atlanta last week is the Saints have not shown me anything that tells me they're a great team. I've seen glimpses of it from the Lions. So, yeah, i got to go to the Lions even visiting. Um, a lot of games this week will keep moving. Let's talk about Sunday night football when the Ravens beat the Chargers. 20-10. to 10. Game was closer than the end score because fa- uh, Flowers had that late touchdown to seal it. Um, 10-3 Ravens at the half. It was 13-3 Ravens late in the game when um, it looked like the, the, the Chargers were going to fight themselves back in there. They're in the red zone. Clowney strip sack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fourth quarter already there, and they still Chargers get the ball back, get a touchdown. It's 13-10 to 10, uh, Ravens with under nine minutes left in this game. So the Chargers did everything they could to fight back, fight back, fight back, get that, that fan base, you know, hearts back up into it so they could be crushed once more. <laughs> um, Only yeah, to the, further destroy their, their feelings. We, we, we like the Ravens here. I think the Ravens are a, a class of the AFC, but they, they still looked uh, – you know, like they had some issues here in, in L.A. in a primetime game, but they took care of business and get the win, and that's all that matters. They play down to competition. This has been Maybe the Ravens all year. It's at 9-3. and three. They should have trounced these Chargers, man. They should have trounced them. Lamar should have had a career day, and instead he was harassed all day by Khalil Mack having an excellent uh, game for the Chargers. I thought the defense actually looked maybe the best it's looked all year. Well, um, the Chargers yeah. are playing to competition most of the year too, right? They they yeah. haven't lost a been beaten badly. I'm looking, the Chiefs beat them 31 to 17 once. Yeah. Other than that, everything one else possession. is like one <laughs> possession games. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, this was basically a one possession game, except for that Zay Flowers uh, right. TD. So I agree. Yeah. So it was a tight game. Um. That the Ravens took care of business. Oh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's on fire. You know what? The I'm thing is, is because <laughs> yeah, and and because of all the injuries of wide receiver, and because they can't quote, uh, they can't count on Quentin Johnson. It's just Keenan Allen. Keenan yep. Allen. So fourteen catches. 
106 yards. You probably should have more yards than that on 14 catches, but they're just He's just little, like eight yards, eight yards. Yeah, turn around, turn time. around, comebacks, whatever it takes. Um, the Ravens go on a bye week this week. We just move on from that. Uh, also good the for them. They need it. <clears throat> yeah. They can get healthier. The Chargers on a free fall. I just mm-hmm. disappointing from what they're um, they're they're uh, you know on paper uh, success should be with uh, the the stars and stuff they have. So I think that's why we think Staley's gone. This just doesn't look good. So we'll see what they do from there. Um, they could win five in a row. You never know. They could go nine and seven, be a seven seed. But and if that happens, then that saves his job. Um, one more game here before the break. Let's talk about two teams that will be heading to a bye before. Well, then on Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears came into Minnesota and beat my Vikings 12-10. to 10. Um, Ugly game, sure. Uh, a lot of sacks, whatever. A lot of uh, turnovers. I think there was a there's an argument to be said that it was a defensive game, but uh, in terms of Dan's giving me a face. Um, it... So, yeah, this stats is, uh, you know, DJ Moore had a good game, 11 catches, 114 yards, and the Bears did all field goals uh, to win it with Cairo Santos, who still missed one um, from under 50, but he went four for five otherwise. The other side, uh, Dobbs turns the ball over four times with four interceptions. Now, some of them were little uh, passes that just ricochets straight up into the air, little bounces off of people. Uh, which were wild to see him just go straight up in the air and easy interceptions. Um, others should have been pick sixes that were dropped, so they kind of balance out there. I'm not mm-hmm. uh, trying to give him benefit of the doubt there. He had a bad, bad day. Um, three all at the half where the Bears probably should have been ahead by more. Nine three Bears late in this game where Fields starts fumbling himself. He had two late fumbles there, which is just not something you want to see your quarterback start doing to give the team the chance. give the game away. Yeah, and they did at one point. Vikings go in there, get a touchdown um, with uh, Hawkinson, take the lead, get the, even the ball back, force the Bears to use those timeouts, but um, give the ball to the Bears, and the Bears just need to get in field goal range. And on a third and 10, DJ Moore is just wide open to, to get down there, and, and from that point it's over. Bears win it in, with field goals, 12-10 to 10 on Monday night. I don't think it's fair to defenses to call this a defensive struggle more than it was Jesus Christ, neither one of these offenses knew what they were doing. Um, I felt like maybe you could say the Bears' defense did a good job. They really confused the shit out of uh, Josh Dobbs. He looked, he was making bad decisions, bad throws. He was forcing things into a pretty good defense for Chicago. Um, I don't know what the fuck Chicago was looking at. Um, I thought that also, very confused. Justin Fields did not know where the blitz was coming from at any time, which Flores has done a pretty good job all year kind of throwing uh, exotic blitz packages out there. It, yeah, that's what I've seen. But this was just inept offenses. Like, you got to run into the blitz sometimes. Like, if you know that they're coming at you that way, um, you've got to run the ball more. So I just don't understand what the fuck either one of these teams was doing. Um, there was a recipe to counter it, and neither one of them was able to do it. It seemed like they wanted to win... Yes the way they wanted to win rather than the way they the defense was giving them. You know I think I mean? you're right. There should have been some way for a team to figure out the the kryptonite to what the defenses were doing, and neither offense could do it. Um, my Vikings thing, it feels pretty easy. Um, 
you know, Justin Jefferson coming back from injury, he should have, he would have been very well needed in this game. There was a lot of forced stuff. They've never found a running game, and that gets harder and harder to deal with uh, as the season goes along. Um, Dobbs had a lot of success when a a play broke down and he was able to get out of the pocket, run with his legs, and then what they, the Bears and the Broncos have done the last two weeks is pin him in where bootlegs don't even work anymore because it's like, no, we're not going to let you get out of the pocket. That's all we have to do. Um, The same thing you do to Fields is what you do to Dobbs. You just don't let him out of the pocket. You, you, You bottle them in because they hold the ball too long and you have a good enough pass rush you can get there. So we saw that kind of mirrored all night long. Um, that's what I kind of liked on the defensive side of it, but you, it does feel like the, the shines worn off of Josh Dapps. I, that was fun yeah. while it lasted. This is now, new Fitz magic. It's bald. It's hairless Fitz magic. Yeah. Now you're at the point where you go, okay, you got a bye week to go. Either Josh Dobbs learns more and more of this playbook and he still gives you the best chance to win because you're at this weird NFC bubble where you could still make the playoffs. So you got to keep trying or does the rookie from BYU that you were going to play Hall, is he a worth taking a look at while Kirk Cousins is hurt? Because Kirk Cousins has himself in a nice situation after Monday night to make some more money. Because I think that's all you get from the Vikings on this thing here. Um, uh, this season isn't going to really go anywhere without a, a quarterback you can lean on when it gets into January. I don't think so. So see what you got now and move on from there. The Bears are in a much more precarious situation because they're going to have those draft picks. And listen, Justin Fields holds on to that ball too long, but he still is a, a magician back there at Dynamic. times, and he still throws some great passes. And I know there's some Bears fans. and I mean, there's some people that can't give up on him yet. So I don't know. I do not know what you do right now with Justin Fields if you're a Chicago Bears. I, I think the verdict is still out, honestly. You know, right? if, if Justin problem, Fields though. wins two more games or – Worst case or best case scenario for the Bears, Justin Fields plays out of his mind the next six games, and they lose every one of them. You probably go, hey, yeah, maybe let's get him another offensive lineman or a defensive playmaker and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, let's see what we can yeah. do. Um, and I think if that's the case, like if they wind up picking sixth in the draft, seventh in the draft, and Justin Fields looks like he's taking steps, I don't think they pick a quarterback number one overall. Um, they might trade out of it. It's they might be stockpile more picks. I think right now they have two picks in the top five. They do. Well, they have one and five. Yeah. So, so but these, one of you got to remember. Gonna, one of them's going to be in the top five. I, the I Patriots almost think are it's free a guarantee. I, yes, Patriots. Okay. And the Cardinals. and But, yeah, that the, that the Bears have these picks, I still think one of them will be top five. Oh, no. They'll, almost one of them will definitely be top five. Yeah. But – I don't think they'll spend it on a quarterback. That's you know, the, that is the choice they have to make. I'm just saying, yeah. It's but I don't, tough. I don't think Justin Fields actually enters into that equation. I think what enters into that equation is the potential of a new ownership group. Yes. And you go, hey, we're going to hold on to Justin Fields. We're not going to pick up his fifth year option. And if he goes crazy, we can franchise him. But we are going to build this team with talent. They did the, you know, they drafted right a right tackle. Uh, in the first round because they thought this is a, t- a guy that we can have here 10, 15 years. You can get two more playmakers or a playmaker and a, a guy in the trenches 
and then you make this position more appetizing to a free agent quarterback next season. Get, yeah, if I'm a Bears fan, I can get persuaded running him back and not picking up his fifth year option. I could I could get behind that. Yeah, I could get we'll I could get behind not picking up his fifth year option, running him back out there, and getting some adequate. Mid-tier Offensive, yeah. uh, quarterback to challenge him in the offseason. That's what I can that see too. happening. That too. All right. Uh, Bears are getting a break. My Vikings are getting a much-needed break. So the push-off podcast, we need to break ourselves. I need a break after these last two uh, <laughs> losses. You know, I, I was thankful for a, winnings, a, a winning record. Now we're 500. So I need a break. And when we come back from this break, we're going to have to speed things up because we are are enjoying ourselves a little too much this evening. Uh, But uh, we hope you guys are too as we enjoy ourselves each and every week here at The Push Off. Let's go! Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody, for returning to uh, uh, the greatest NFL podcast to ever be, the Push-Out Podcast. Uh, it's time to push through five games that needed to be played but don't need to be discussed. It is the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but perhaps you also played the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, God. I know we did this, this last again. week. If you're thinking, no way, Dan, the Dallas Cowboys couldn't be in the two-minute no offense again, uh, do you have any say in how this podcast goes? Do you ever want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys? I do want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I <laughs> plan on taking a full three fucking hours to talk about the Dallas Cowboys when they win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. I'm saving up all that juice. We're going to have a five-hour podcast at the end of the season. and you, I do, I, I'm I owed a five-hour podcast if the Cowboys win a Super there Bowl. Is, yeah, there's so much buildup now in these oh, Cowboys yeah. for, for where we're heading. But, yeah, yeah. That clock going. You knew. Uh, you knew uh, where. Oh no, at. I knew. I absolutely knew. <laughs> I there's a part of me that like enjoys having the Dallas Cowboys in the two minute no offense uh, every week because I'm just like just another victory, just another small win. And we trounce motherfuckers. So, but I digress. Oof. I digress. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's some. There's a hang there too. I mean, I feel like we almost go back and we could count like you know who's got the most two minute no offense victories that type of thing, but we don't never count that. Um, get the clock going, and I'll get through these games, Dan. When you when we ready? Yeah, here we go. Cowboys forty five, Commanders ten. That old uh, Cowboys and Indians on Thanksgiving. Um, look, uh, bland with that pick six, six of the season NFL record should be the story, but it's not. It's Dolly Parton going out there looking like Debbie taking on Dallas. Uh, making every man in his 60s plus just really care about halftime again. Uh, we can we can lower that to the 50s. Dolly's looking pretty bangable. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I mean, she, you'd probably <laughs> turn her into dust. one thing I don't want to think about. Yeah. No, uh, amazing. 
Great. Uh, I have nothing to say. 45 to 10. I mean, it, it honestly wasn't even that close. Four TDs for Prescott. Yeah, that's how you get in the two-minute offense. Uh, we continue on to that uh, Friday, uh, Black Friday game where the Dolphins destroyed the Jets in their own house, 34 to 13. So close in the first half, man. I mean, if they had not thrown that pick six, I feel like they had a chance. But that pick six at the end of the half, Jesus, what a what a way to break the spirits. Yeah, both teams had pick sixes in this game. You get yeah. that or the Jets, but uh, Dolphins with seven sacks and that Holland one on a Hail Mary oh, returned all the way back. Brutal. Breaking uh, uh, Boyle's you know, ankles. He's like, I ain't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> yeah. How do you get fired uh, on your day off, Tim Boyle? Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Giants beating the Patriots ten to seven. In yeah, this was one of those we knew it was going to be bad. Ugh, we knew so it was going to be. It just was. was so bad. Good for Tommy DeVito though. Mac Jones is looking across, being like, "That fucking guy, really?" Tom, Tommy DeVito on a win streak. Look at him go. DeVito. The uh, Titans beating the Panthers. This got uh, Frank Reich fired. Another rookie. Well, this rookie quarterback beat beat. Uh, the other rookie quarterback. Yeah, I mean, also not a great game. Looking like two rookies just kind of feeling their way blind. Um, but Will Levis outdueled him, I guess. Oh, there we go. Seventeen yeah, three. Then uh, I know I got one more game. I'm gonna also tip shove in here. The uh, Rams beat the Cardinals thirty-seven to fourteen. <sighs> Stafford four touchdowns. Uh, Kyron Williams healthy and man, he had a huge game. It was just nothing for the Cardinals. I played against Kyron Williams in fantasy, and I and still won. He right. went from he went, I have a good team. He went from uh, injured reserve to questionable to healthy to thirty eight fucking points. I was yeah. like, God damn, Kyron Williams! If this, I mean, we always forget how well coached the Rams are. It's still Sean McVay. It's still Sean McVay. They're five and six. The Rams have an outside shot to make the playoffs this year on a complete like rebuild year. Good yeah. for them. No. We didn't forget, Dan. You you I took forget, the Cardinals. Yeah. You did. took you took those Jets. You took those uh Patriots. You gotta bounce I back. Did. You gotta stay away from those poop teams. But uh and the Giants are a poop team too. It's just poop on poop on poop. <laughs> That's the two minute no offense. <laughs> Guys, uh all right. Let's get into uh next week's games. This leads us to, to some of those picks that we get to discuss. And, Dan, you can uh, lament on more of your Cowboys because we are immediately talking about a Cowboys home game. Thursday night football, you have the Seattle Seahawks coming to town. Uh, both of them technically not a short week because they both played on Thursday. So you get this Thursday one after the Thanksgiving. You already did your short week. Uh, I, I, I did a peek on the gridiron uniform. This is the Seattle Seahawks wearing the throwbacks coming to Dallas on those uh interesting they're doing them on the road i yeah i don't know why they're doing the no you guys are doing your normal home home jerseys yeah yeah the whites yeah the whites sorry and yeah. uh, all whites oh sorry yes. white white and seafoam my apologies white and seafoam. <laughs> seafoam yes fucking hate the seafoams they should be silver i don't know what we're doing um i'm ta- i'm taking your boys at home on a uh, against a uh seahawks team that's very banged up but uh, Seattle needs it. They definitely need it bad. And so you're going to get uh, a good Seattle team. You're going to get a test here. And I don't think it should be a two-minute no offense and knock on wood for you because a, a, usually if the Cowboys win, it's heading to that, that, that scenario there. But um, this might be a test, So, but I'm still taking the Cowboys. Uh, I think it actually might go two-minute no offense, strangely no. enough. It's, okay. you know, this is me talking a lot of shit. The Cowboys have not lost at home this year. It's just not something we seem to want to do. Um, the Cowboys offensively doing great, defensively doing great. 
the Seahawks offensively hurting. Kenneth Walker's probably not going to play in this game again. Um, they're hurting at the running game. They're very one-dimensional. Geno Smith is not 100% healthy. Um, yeah, I would not be surprised to see this get out of hand pretty early. I would love okay. a seven, uh, you know, a sixth pick six. It'd be awesome. See what Bland yeah. could do. He has. Didn't he just get a sixth? It would I be thought a that was seventh. five. I thought that was five. Oh, we'll have to count. Oh, whatever the it's the record. Whatever he got, it is the record because when he did it, the the call by Jim Nance like he yeah, was five ready pick for sixes. It. Okay, five so far. Okay, so six for pick sixes. I mean, you're right. That that feels like that's what it should be. He has more uh, touchdowns this year than DK Metcalf. Yeah, DK saying that that was funny. Yeah, good for DK um, though. That's pretty smart. Yeah, that's a good that's a good sound bite. All right, more games to pick here. Dolphins are going to uh, Washington and playing the Commanders. Commanders, yeah, sure feel like uh, a lot of wins been knocked out of their sails late. So I'm gonna take these Dolphins to win one on the road. It's not been an easy thing for Dolphins to win on the road. Uh, and the Commanders are a team they don't see very often, but um, they got a whole lot more they're playing for. Yeah, I feel like the Commanders kind of got emotionally destroyed in this one. Um, I would also not be shocked to see the Dolphins lose, but I can't. I, I don't want to take the Commanders, and so I won't. <laughs> I'm I'm going to take the Dolphins to get another win, get to nine wins on the season. Uh, here's one that I've gone back and forth with, so this could be an interesting one to pick against me, Dan. I got it's Falcons at Jets. We talked about how the Jets been letting us down, though, so I'm going to go Falcons on the road. Um, Falcons do not look good on the road. Uh, they certainly look better at home, and the Jets still have a very good defense, but they still have Tim Boyle, I believe, starting at quarterback. So I'm going to go Falcons to win this one. I'm, I'm going to go against my better judgment, and I'm going to pick the fucking Jets at home. Um, <laughs> just because I don't believe Robert Sala is as much on the hot seat as Arthur Smith. Um I feel like Desmond Ritter has looked confused against pretty basic defenses, and the Jets are going to give him fucking fits. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Jets win this one narrowly at home because the NFL also wants to continue baiting you with the possibility of Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, yeah, I think they go 5-7, and seven and people go, could they do it? And they can't. I like that. Um, where I'm sitting now, where I don't believe like I need to like fret over uh, NFC team losing to an AFC team this one makes this mean something to me yeah Falcons Jets now I can kind of cheer for the Falcons in a weird way um but yeah you should that's, be cheering a, against the Falcons who are still in the wild card hunt that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. but I don't believe in my Vikings enough to worry about that type of stuff <laughs> <That's>, so <laughs> you, you are a quintessential Vikings fan sir. that's right amen um the Chargers are going to New England to play those Patriots who are uh, 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 tanking, trying to get themselves a new quarterback. I can't tell. Um, man, Mac Jones uh, getting in there. Didn't even finish that one, right? Bailey Zappi came in in that one again. Just, it's, it's. Mm. He's so bad. So obviously He's I'm taking so Chargers on the road when, um, you know, playing the competition, et cetera, one score game. I don't know. I think this one, even the Chargers should be good enough to, to, to win by two scores. I will say this. If the Chargers lose this game, I think Brandon Staley is fired. That's it. Yes. At the fucking tarmac. I don't think they let him get on the plane. <laughs> you lose to a two and nine new England Patriots team. Jesus, get the fuck out of here, Staley. So I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers as well. Cause I'm, it's all Keenan Allen all the time. Um, but yeah, this is this is a Brandon Staley get fired game if he doesn't uh, put it together. It is the uh, Patriots uh, wearing the uh, 
the old Patriot Pat red ones on this in this game against the Chargers. If the Chargers but, uh, were their powder blues, that'd be great. Well, you can't go that. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. That would have worked. I think they would have matched, but no, they're going all white. Well, we don't know. I don't know about the pants, but they're going the white. Anyways, uh, New York Giants getting a bye week. They take the, they're Good. riding this uh, win streak and do a nice bye week for them. So congrats to the uh, to the Giants. No one needed also, to see another Giants offensive attack. No, we need a we need it's true. We need a week off from uh, Tommy DeVito here. DeVito. Um, <laughs> he, he needs to go home and make his own bed. Get uh, your vaf on cool. Get out of here. Let's give the credit also to the Indianapolis Colts who find themselves, if the season ended today, heading to the playoffs. You talking about playoffs? Twenty-seven to twenty, they beat the Buccaneers at home. We both picked uh, Minshew to win the uh, the dirty white boy off. That was this game, um, and it was a fun one to watch. Mayfield two touchdowns and a pick. He got uh, Rashad White going. Rashad White's mm-hmm. having his best uh, career career season um mike evans two touchdowns my fantasy team uh, thank you mm-hmm. um Minshew, an interception but he ran one in taylor two touchdowns Pittman my junior 10 team. catches yeah yeah uh colts six sacks in this game um it was 10 17 colts at the half and yeah it was like back and forth uh not too much did the colts pull away and they just hang on for the win here by seven uh, tis the dirty white boy off. Um, yeah, I mean, they looked good. Um, Jonathan Taylor going to miss multiple weeks with a thumb surgery, though. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that pretty much affects the picks moving forward. But, yeah, this Colts team, I think, with Shane Steichen, has outperformed what we thought they'd be able to do. Um, I think no matter how this season shakes out for the Colts, you have to say it's progress. They're doing much better mm-hmm. than they were last year. Um and yeah, you're you're going to have Anthony Richardson back next year. Um, if they even slide out of the playoffs, they get a slightly higher draft pick. They need more wide receiver help. That's for sure. Um, yes, it's not terrible there, but they they need another weapon on there because it can't just be Jonathan Taylor and uh, the hope of Gardner Minshew getting a touchdown. Yeah, Pittman Jr. ten catches for one hundred and seven. That's yeah, leaning on him a lot. I agree. Um, Colts find themselves second in this division. Uh, is nuts with as good as the Texans are playing. I'm just super surprised by that. Uh, I do think the Texans are playing as a better team than them right now, but uh, hey, the the stats and the lineup doesn't doesn't lie. So give it all up there. Um, if the Titans have found something in Will Levis and stuff like that, then we are seeing a super uh, interesting you know, bleed of young QBs in that yeah. division. Can't wait for that as we move forward. So we'll see how that goes. But um, it's a tough loss for a Buccaneers team that finds themselves now four and seven and yeah, on the outs. I think they could have been a bubble team that maybe made some noise in the playoffs, beat up, uh, surprise some people because of they have some people who have been there before, you know, but uh, now I'm, I'm thinking – it's going to be an uphill battle for Tampa. So I actually don't feel terrible about Tampa moving forward. I know that sounds crazy. Um, This season? Even this season. So I'm going to give you Tampa's next couple games. Looking at them. Carolina. Yeah. Carolina. Atlanta. Those are winnable. Green Bay. We don't know what they are. Uh, Jacksonville, who at that point might have the AFC South locked up. Uh, in week 16, 
the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. It's a big divisional slate. Yeah, a lot for them of division the left. Season. Yeah. So there is a chance they could win five of those next games. You know, you could win five of six. You could be in the playoff picture. You could win this fucking division. It's, so yeah, it's I'm, only the Panthers that are out of that division, isn't that true? Yeah, I'm not ready to bury these Buccaneers. I actually I feel okay about their prospects moving forward, and they haven't looked like awful in a lot of games this year. They've been outplayed, but they've been competitive in almost every one. It's uh, they they got the Panthers coming to them to this weekend. It's Carolina Panthers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win that one because of uh the the Panthers and and all of the uh the issues they're having this year. Dan, I have not been high on them, uh, but I do love getting the opportunity to fire the cannons. Yeah, the that's Tampa true. Firing some cannons there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is that little interim. Uh, head coach spark that happens yeah. sometimes. Could can be some can Carolina let that happen? I don't, I'm not even sure who, who's their interim. Is it uh, Chris Tabor? Oh, it's Tabor. Okay, I thought uh, the old Lions guy was in town in that area too. That um, uh, uh, Caldwell. He's going to be Caldwell. taking over um, sort of the offensive. He, he's okay. moving to like offensive special assistant. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we have the Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the Titans in an. Uh, AFC South matchup, talking about that division and where the future is there. I'm going to take the Colts on the road here. I don't trust the Titans. I think they're I think they're a bottom dweller this year, so I'm going to take these uh, spunky Colts. I'm going to give you the opportunity to rethink this, Scott. It is mm. Colts on the road against the Titans. I know it's not Colts on the road against Jacksonville. That's right. It's, That's it's very is. close very close. I'm actually <laughs> going to take the Titans at home uh, to beat this Colts team. I think both well-coached teams this year, but I feel like the Titans are, are running strong. They're playing good defense. If Jonathan Taylor wasn't out this week, I, I might be with you. Um, but I think just Zach Moss and no spell back for Zach Moss, um, it leads to problems. I think the Titans win it. Yeah, perhaps you're right. It it's an interesting one, but uh, for some reason I could not find myself picking them Titans. Uh, let's talk about a game. Let's talk about a game I got over yet uh, ah. this week. That was a big one. Broncos beating the Browns, twenty nine to twelve. Thompson yeah. Robinson uh, started this game for the Browns. He had a touchdown, but gets knocked out of the second half, and so PJ Walker needs to return. But by then, the Broncos kind of had this thing uh, in good control. Russell Wilson, the touchdown, running, running, one in two, fourteen to six Broncos at the half, and they hold on to win it and um, extend their win streak. Dear God, the Denver Broncos now have won five in a row, the longest win streak in the NFL right now. It's yep, yep. it's fucking weird, dude. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's funny that even at week five or six, we're like, you need to apologize to Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> And then you look at what Hackett's doing in New York and what they're doing here. He's like, no, it just took me half a season to purge that dipshit uh, from this organization, and now the Broncos are actually playing well. I still, I look at the way Russell Wilson's playing, and you can tell he has absolutely lost his fastball. He is not the Russell Wilson of old, but I I think they've got him transitioned to like, listen, the defense is good enough, just don't fuck this up, Russ. And that might be enough to win with 
uh, for the rest of the year with the way the defense is playing, with the the skill position and the talent, the way they're running the football. I really do. I mean, the split between Williams and Pirine actually was fantastic. Um, so they're running it really well. Um, I don't know if that's the recipe against everybody. I I know that very few people are going to have an offense as bad as the Cleveland Browns moving forward. But uh, yeah, Broncos are spunky, man. Broncos are spunky. Yeah. Um, the Cleveland Browns are doing everything they can with as good as that defense is. And, uh, <laughs> you feel bad for Miles Garrett and as good as that defense has played because they just been left at, um, oh, yeah. with no help on the other side. And, um, you don't feel bad for the Browns. You feel bad for individuals on the Browns, specifically their defensive side. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Dorian Toplin, Thompson Robinson, we talked about it. It's just, it proves that you need some actual playing time in, in real games and you can't just put that much I mean like you said he wasn't supposed to play and now he is and it's that's the problem um, but the Browns are in this situation where they could find themselves in the playoffs and then what's the, where do you go from there yeah what's the um, point who are you going to beat in the playoffs right because this matchup here was one where you really needed to prove that you could take care of your yourself on the road because that's where you'd need to win those games mm-hmm. and if you can't do it in the Denver Broncos you're not going to go doing it in Kansas City you're not going to go doing it in uh Baltimore anywhere yeah yeah anywhere you're not taking the fucking Ravens out the way you are no so big win by the Broncos um until we talk about another game I'm going to also talk about Jaguars Texans this one is one Dan got over me the AFC South matchup Fun, fun game, though. Um, yeah. Back and forth. Jaguars win it by three. Lawrence, big game with 364 and a touchdown. Ran one in. He did throw an interception. Uh, Josh Allen, the defensive man, is a, a wreck when he wants to be with two and a half sacks. Uh, a lot of field goals for the Jaguars with McManus. And then the other side, Stroud wouldn't quit. Uh, over 304, over 300 yards passing in, two touchdowns and ran one in. Uh, Nico Collins. Bad kicking by that Amendola. They got to go back and figure out kicking again. It's you just there's always a time where it's like, man, can we not find a guy who's who's we can count on to kick the ball? I mean, the two he missed was from 50 yards out and 58 yards out. The 58 one is like that one we saw when uh, the Panthers had Pinheiro and he's like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, yeah, Amendola was not. The 58 one hit the crossbar. Like, he had it straight on and kicked it as well as he could up to do it, but he wasn't going to do it. You can't lay that on the guy. You know, that's at the top end of his range. He, he yep. nailed it. You lined it up. Yeah, you just run out of leg yep. at a certain point. Not everybody can kick that shit from 60 plus. You know, not everybody is, you know, fucking. It was a tough, Jake, tough decision because it was a fourth and 10, fourth and whatever yeah. there. You, it I get a, it. Yeah. It just sucks. I mean, yeah, one of those misses was on him. Um, I think still very far. Yeah, he hasn't been awful this season. I feel like, yeah, you could have used any of those fucking kicks this year. but uh, And I don't know if Kami Fairbairn, who's their usual kicker, has that length. I don't know if he's kicking I don't think 58 he does. yarders. Yeah, so. I think you feel better about <laughs> wheeling him out there, though. <clears throat> That's true. Well, he's your starter. Um so congrats, Dan. You got those Jaguars. I felt bad. I, I'm always been a Jaguars fan, but I found myself cheering for these Texans here, maybe because they are the younger team now coming up. Oh, and, they're fun. And challenging, yeah, challenging these uh, Jaguars in this division. But 
big, big win for the Jaguars on the road against, I think, the one team. I mean, then we know how good you know where the Colts are with their stats, but I think the one team that can challenge them um, in this division. So they, they take care of it. That's true. I like it. Uh, leads us to one of the tougher games that I had to pick this week. So, hint, hint, Dan, if you want to pick opposite me. Denver Broncos, the hot Denver Broncos going on the road to play Houston. Both teams are 6-5. and five. Uh, where do you go here? Where do you go? Um, I'm gonna go with the home team, Houston Texans. I, I yes, Denver's red hot, but man, can it can, can it keep going? I feel like uh, it's the defense of Denver. Texans can put on points on a lot of people, so I will say the Texans score enough points to win this. I'm going to take the Texans at home as well. I think I've not been impressed with anything the Broncos have really done offensively this year, and I feel like the Texans are a balanced team, and they're at home. So I'm going to take the Texans, um, put a stop to this insane Broncos win streak. Broncos make way more sense at 6-6, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I this, I mean, man, I'm very surprised at their their flight back up here, but uh, we'll see if it keeps going. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, after getting rid of Matt Canada, put a bunch of yards on the Cincinnati Bengals, but, you know, just 16 points, but they win it, 16-10. to 10. Uh, We both picked it. Fryermuth, the uh, tight end, look at what can happen when he's got an offensive game plan for him. Uh, 120 yards of scrimmage. Uh, Boswell kicked three field goals, and then Jake Browning's first start, threw a touchdown, threw an interception. Bengals did have the lead for a moment there at mm-hmm. halftime. But the Steelers uh, succeed with the win on the road. I don't know what the the game plan was uh, in Cincinnati. Like that, they didn't run the ball at all, and I, I think it's probably just because they loaded the box. Like Pittsburgh's, like if you're gonna beat us, you're gonna beat us through the air. You're gonna make Jake Browning yeah. win this fucking game. And the Steelers' defense is good enough that in your first official start in the NFL, that's a tough, that's a tough card to pull. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh seven and four. At no point have they impressed me at all. Although good for them, they actually outgained, uh, they outgained the Bengals um, for the first time ever, and outgained them in passing yards. That's insane. Yeah. So yeah, I mean this this is the sort of game you have to win if you're the Steelers to say, oh, we deserve to be in the playoffs. Seven and four, you're tied with you know you're tied with the fucking Browns. Yeah. Uh, for that wild card position, so. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely the division of the Ravens, and the Bengals just kind of backed themselves out of it completely. But, uh, yeah, good for the Steelers, man. Yeah, I don't know. The Steelers are leading to that position there where, yeah, they're probably heading to the playoffs. They'll be there. They'll um, maybe even make an issue in the first round and then not be in the right class to to keep up with anybody at the top of the AFC, and it'll be an ugly loss there, but... Yeah, I guess you know a little bit of young stuff and and growth there happening around him, so maybe it keeps going. <coughs> Did you hear the thing? Um, Pickens spends Thanksgiving at uh, the coach's house, and then um, you have Deontay Johnson with that a couple plays there that that fumble where he just didn't even try. Look, did not look good. There's some of these points here. These it just looks like sometimes they not they're not trying when they don't like the play. The Steelers. I, I did think it was funny that Mike Tomlin says that Deontay Johnson needs to answer for it. Um, <laughs> I I don't think I've ever been more sure 
that an adult man got a code red in a locker room at the end of a game. Uh, I am sure <laughs> they kicked the shit out of Deontay Johnson and, like, put him in a pillowcase and just kicked the shit out of him. That feels like the way Tomlin handles his business, and I honestly respect that. <laughs> um, the Steelers are going home. They got the Cardinals coming to town. It's Cardinals, it's Steelers this week. So I... I don't think the Steelers are going to be tested. I think the Steelers are going to take care of business against the Cardinals team that have no business uh, trying to get this win. So Steelers will move to 8-4? and four? Yeah. So it's crazy that they are going to face the Cardinals. And then think about this as they're, they're back in the schedule. They face the Patriots right after that. <laughs> so they face the Patriots, and then they face the Colts, which Both are decent. At home. Yeah. They, go, they go to the Bengals again, who once again are going to be out of the playoffs by that time. And then no, Seattle no, and Baltimore. it's to the Colts, home against the Steelers. Oh, sorry, home, right, against, yeah, the, home, home against, against the Bengals. Bengals. And then they go to Seattle, to Baltimore. So yeah. at the, the Week 18, Baltimore might have this thing completely wrapped up. So this is a pretty easy haul for the remainder of the season for, uh, for these Pittsburgh Steelers. They very well could be a 10-win team. Yeah, you're picking them then. I'm assuming for this oh, yeah, week against the Cardinals. Yeah. Against the Cardinals, and then we have terrible. <laughs> we have Monday Night Football, where the Bengals are going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars on Monday night. Uh, they're going the white, uh, the white Bengal look, but I'm still taking the Jaguars to win it at home against uh, Jake Browning and the unfortunate Cincinnati Bengals 2023 season. I love Jake Browning. We're big Jake Browning. I'm a big Jake Browning fan, but it's not going to matter against a really good Jacksonville team. So, yeah, Jacksonville at home. Poor poor Jake Browning is going to meet Josh Allen a few times in the backfield. Um, so. Last game of week uh, th- Thanksgiving, uh, week 12, week Thanksgiving. The Chiefs beating the Raiders 31-17. to We're going to throw this one in at the end because the Chiefs took care of business pretty easily. Mahomes, two touchdowns. Pacheco, two touchdowns. Rasheed Rice, we were talking about that they needed some weapon mm-hmm. on offense. It was Rasheed Rice. Uh, O'Connell tried to get Josh Jacobs going. Josh Jacobs, when he has a good game, usually they can do things. It's four, it was 14 all at the half, but yeah. uh, it was all Chiefs' second half. One is coaching, one is talent. We say That's this right. all the time. They are just not talented enough to hang with this Chiefs team. The Chiefs, yeah, you, you felt them turn it on, and I, I love the expression that uh, Pacheco runs like he is angry at defenders. Um, <laughs> for kind of an undersized guy, he fucking Earl Campbell's people. Yeah. Um, he is rude. He is a rude foot ten motherfucker. He hits like a ton of bricks. So uh, it's a great running back for them to have as a, a change of pace from the sort of you know, high-flying aerial attack. Uh, having a guy like Pacheco be able to ha- handle that ball and handle the load they're giving him is fantastic. And then we have the Raiders release Marcus Peters. He goes through uh, waivers. He's now free agent. So if somebody needs a cornerback uh, for hire, they have Marcus Peters available. He's a veteran. You know, he wasn't really doing anything on the Raiders. You could tell that he was like, you know, not as talented as he used to be. I mean, he could still be a number five guy if he got his attitude right uh, for somebody. And, you know, you need as many quarters as you can get. Uh, he's not going to help a five and seven Raiders team make the playoffs. Right. Um, we had, yeah, Darius Leonard uh, visit your Cowboys this week. We'll see if they he signs there. And he's got the, an Eagles visit, I guess, coming up next. Yeah. So it's going to be one of those. I actually don't um, think he plays the rest of the year. Really? And yeah, that's I a think choice he's he take has. It off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the Las Vegas Raiders bye week week thirteen. It is a big bye week week thirteen, you guys. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to make uh fantasy playoffs, get to your 
Get to your uh, list here quickly. You might need to pick some guys up here this week if you, if you need some uh, some bye week help. So good luck. I got four four waiver wire requests. I'm <laughs> in our league. I'm moves. doing okay. Uh, in my other league, I'm number I'm number two, and okay. I've got I, I had too many Vikings players. I'll tell you that right now. Oof. I got I got to get them taken care of. And then finally, the last game to pick is the Sunday night football one where the Kansas City Chiefs are going to uh, Green Bay. They're playing the Packers. It's Chiefs at Packers. I'm not going to take these Packers to to start beating the Chiefs. So I give me the give me Kansas City uh, in prime time. I'm right there with you. Uh, Kansas City looks like they are getting right. Um, you know that that Raiders team gave them trouble in the beginning of the year, and they came back here and just said, "No, we'll handle it." So this is the Chiefs team you need to be very afraid of, and uh, Packers team that I still don't really know what they are. Yeah. All right. So a shorter week of games this week, you guys, as a bunch of teams get bye weeks. The week after that, just two more teams get a bye week. I think it's Arizona and Washington, and then that's yeah, it. It's over. We're, we're wrapped up and just racing to the end, and uh, playoff pictures aplenty is what we'll be discussing. So uh, we've had a lot of fun throughout this season. We uh, really appreciate you guys coming along with us uh, for another year. So thank you so much for listening to the Push Off Podcast as we put you to bed tonight. Uh, the picks wrap up. We were both at 103, tied as we have been for so many weeks. Now I am at 115, Dan at 113. Just that slight two-game lead now over Dan as we uh, head into a week where we both picked, we picked two games different. So we could be right back tight again. We'll see. I'll get it. I'll get it back. Um, so real quick, Dan, um, crazy stats and the quiz. I'm going to give you stuff uh, leading in with Thanksgiving um, to wrap up the show for this week. So, guys, once again, thank you so much. Tell, tell all your friends where to find us. Uh, and do you have a choice here of teams that have never lost on Thanksgiving? Do you know the franchises? Uh, there's uh, three of lost? them technically. Never lost on Thanksgiving. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say Patriots never lost on Thanksgiving. Apparently they have. Ah, okay. I'm thinking maybe new teams. I'm gonna say yeah. Carolina Panthers. The new teams is the way to go. Carolina Panthers is one of them. They are one to zero on Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go Texans. The Texans are two and zero on Thanksgiving. There's one more team. Uh, is this also a new team? Relatively? Uh, kinda, relatively. Uh, new team, relatively. I feel like that might be giving it away, but uh, Titans. No. Are we counting the Titans as uh, as a team, or is it the Jaguars? No, technically the Jacksonville Jaguars have not played on Thanksgiving. Oh, interesting. I know. I'm surprised by that too. So who is it? The Baltimore Ravens. Uh, ah, yeah, 2-0. And technically somewhat new team, yeah. 2-0 on Thanksgiving. And then how about teams to never win on Thanksgiving? I want to be mean to excluding say the Lions. The, yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> excluding, that's the way it seems. Give us moons. Give us moons. Um, excluding the Jaguars, obviously, who have never played on Thanksgiving. There's two teams, Dan, that have never won on Thanksgiving. I'm going to say they've been bad almost the whole time we've been doing Thanksgiving games. I'm going to say the Browns. No, but I think mm. you're on the right track of going with teams that have been bad for a long time. Bills? No. Mm, yeah. Um, Bengals. Bengals is one of them, yes. Okay. There's one more. Uh, give me never I, won on Thanksgiving. I know the commander, the Saints. No. It is uh, uh, fire the cannons. Ah, well, never on Thanksgiving, apparently. Apparently, 
the cannons remain silent when the uh the, when the, the dinner is being served. It's a Buccaneers Which makes sense, holiday. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Buccaneers and Bengals have never won on Thanksgiving. Also Interesting. the Jaguars. All right, that's the crazy stats. That's what I got for this week and all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Push Off Podcast. But before we leave, Dan, parting words of wisdom. If you play fantasy, Scott was saying, make sure your lineups are set. Unless you've had just an awful fucking season, you still probably have one to two more games uh, to make things happen in your league. If you're right on the edge and you don't feel good about your team, cut fucking everybody, man. Cut everybody. Start brand new. You're going to have a bunch of random crazy-ass shit. Uh, you know, make those big changes because if you don't make the playoffs, you might uh, be in a situation where you have to do some uh, unseemly things if you lose in your league. So take big chances. Uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, make weird decisions. we got to make that full circle and go back to all of our head coaches listening tonight too and say take that same advice, you guys. Uh, oh, yeah. if, if you're feeling that seat getting hotter, just be, you know, read, read that little corner of your card that uh, was on that Chicago Bears head coach. Be you. Yeah. Get out there and be you. you. Be be the best version of you you can be. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you here next week. Have a good day. Good night.